Sign up for the banking app that does more than send and receive money. Oro Cash is the online bank tailored to deliver financial services designed for black families, black businesses, and black communities. Sign up at oro.fund. If you want to get rich, go alone. If you want to build wealth, go with Oro. The year is 1994. The place is Atlanta, Georgia. The Dallas Cowboys are playing the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 28. A 30-second commercial costs $900,000. By today's prices, nothing. And more than 50 million people are tuned in to watch the game. Just before kickoff, a team of professional trampoline performers are outside the Georgia Dome with Atlanta hip-hop duo Criss Cross to help them perform Jump as part of a Georgia music maker's pre-game celebration. Along with Criss Cross, the rock band The Georgia Satellites, country music musician Charlie Daniels and his band, and the Morehouse College House of Punk Marching Band representing their state to the world a few years before Atlanta's signature hip-hop sound emerged. Now, 28 years later, the House of Funk Band is still representing Atlanta and Georgia on the national stage. Their sound and style have remained synonymous with Atlanta, although Criss Cross's popularity wore off. I'm Fred Bugs. On this episode of Captains and Majors, we'll be doing a deep dive about the House of Funk Band as our producer Jason Peters in Hot 97 sits down with the band's director Dr. Chad Hughes and learn the in and outs of running a world-class marching band. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. My name is uh, Dr. Chad Hughes. I'm the director of bands here at Morehouse College. Um, I am in my ninth year here as an associate professor of music. Uh, I am the director of the marching band, concert band, and jazz band. I also teach history of jazz, counterpoint, and orchestration. So my first question is, you've been here for nine years. Have you gone head to have the two marching bands gone head to head in your tenure here? Yes, this is uh, my first year. We met at RFK in 2014, and now nine years later, we uh, see each other in the Meadowlands. So, before I get specifically into the football classic, could we start with the basics of marching band? Because I find it's one of those, it's one of the topics that like a general population that will be listening to this maybe encounters every once in a while, but they don't really know what goes into it. So what goes into prepping the House of Funk band for a moment like performing at MetLife at the HBCU Football Classic? Well, we start about two weeks, physically two weeks earlier um, than school starts. In the AUC, school always starts the third Wednesday of August. 
So we physically come here a little bit after that Wednesday uh, or that Friday to start prepping for the game. Um, they, this involves a multitude of, of PT and getting to learn all the school songs and the music for the rest of the year, our drill music, our marching repertoire, and what we play in the stands. However, with that being said, uh, regardless of it's Howard University or any band, most of us prep really starting in June at the latest July to get ready for the season. What is the importance of a marching band at an HBCU or more specifically the House of Funk here at Morehouse? Well, the marching band was created to encourage, to cheer, uh, to edify uh, the football team and its uh, and its game attendees. Um, that's his purpose. So specifically our purpose is to encourage our team under Coach Freeman, who's done a great job here, and really promote school spirit, to be an ambassador of Morehouse College, to be an ambassador of sport, of uh, specifically the football team, and to create an ambiance where people want to come and cheer on our football team also. Many of the people I spoke to talked about how at a normal college football game, people will leave the stands at halftime to go get drinks and stuff like that. But even the football players that I've spoken to have said that the halftime show is one of the primary parts of the football game. How do you see your role and uh, why do you think it's so revered? I think it's revered because what we do at HBCU is it's all contiguous. So you have the football team and then we have what we do in the stands. So we create... We edify the hypeness, so to speak. So you have a good game, you have good music, but it's live music, which produces a different feeling, experience than, say, a DJ, per se, because you can see it being created. So if you have a great game going on, then we come on for seven minutes and perform and get our students, our alumni, our fans hyped you get an overall experience that you can't necessarily get watching it on TV. Makes sense. Do you have a personal favorite song? <laughs> uh, let's just say um, the way we kind of do things here, we have book one, book two, book three. So we'll say like book one are all our spirit songs. We'll say book two would be kind of like your classic tunes that we play and band or classic R&B tunes and then book three uh, would generally be considered what is kind of popular um, and particularly with rap music and so I probably would say I, I do definitely have a tendency to lean towards book two uh, when the students tend to love book three and of course all of us are united under book one so we have the kind of the musical trifecta going on so here's a question about book three, uh, because I think that's particularly interesting for a hip hop audience like our Hot 97 audience. Mm-hmm. How would how what is the process of deconstructing a hip hop song and turning it into a marching band score? That's a great question. Kudos to you for asking that. Uh, the process is okay. Trying to find uh, see what key it is so it can fit the best for marching band. 
and trying to capture the essence of the song. Um, for instance, um, and, and not to say favors, but um, J. Cole, Kendrick, even Bruno Mars, although he's not hip hop, um, their music, uh, and even classic hip hop artists like uh, Pete Rock, uh, Q Tip, their music has uh, generally multiple layers of stuff, so it's a lot easier to orchestrate. Um, some of the the trap music is a little bit more difficult, but what I find is if you can at least capture the, the essence of the song with this bass line and the drum beat, the audience pretty much recognizes uh, what the song is. Uh, couple One time we played... What song was that? Um, Rick, oh, Rick Ross music lays very well um, for us. And so that's kind of the process. You try to capture if there's a hook. Uh, sometimes you, if the, there's a musical term called Sprechstimme, which was, older term was basically what we call speak singing. That's a German word. And so basically sometimes with the trap music, you can kind of capture the essence of the... And you write that out, and you can kind of get the essence of the song. So it's still the same process of doing an R&B song. It's just generally R&B music has a lot more, um, but sometimes um, some of these newer artists, um, you can really get some some good stuff, and it translates well. My, uh, another question kind of piggybacking off of that could you share like an example of a song that you've taken and, and uh, a recent song that you've taken and you've marching bandified it <laughs> uh, maybe not me in particular but uh, I have two great student arrangers in band and I also have a nephew that does arrangements and they've done uh, was it Sweetest Pie uh, for the band um Uh, a favorite of mine was Hardaway. I really enjoyed right now. That was, I, I had a lot of fun. Um, somewhat older, but fast watching. I love doing that one. Um, two uh, two Chains. Um, a classic that we uh, play is uh, T.I. Uh, Trap Star lays very, very, very well. So we had stuff that was released, you know, two months ago to 15 years ago that we kind of keep in the music. And so... Um, Let's say with Trap Star, um, you'll take the bass line, which is pretty simple. <laughs> and so you can capture that, and you're like, oh, that's T.I., you know? And... And that's kind of how the, the process would go. So you write out the, but once again, the main thing is the foundation. So we say baseline. Well, base comes from the root word basus, which means foundation or the lowest point. So if you get that foundation down, you're doing a good job of capturing it for your, for your marching band. But that's not limited to hip hop. That's any genre of music, whether it's hip hop, rap, jazz, R&B, country, pop, from... Zaytoven to Michael Jackson. 
as long if you can capture that that baseline, that foundation, usually the audience uh, reaction uh, will be in your favor. I asked many of the football players in the football team about what their favorite marching band song was, and do you think you could posit a guess at what their favorite one is? <laughs> Probably not, um, but I do know they like us playing 400. They love that one. Um, what else did they like? Uh, I would guess that it's from book two. Wow, that's news to me. I, I, and I could be wrong based off my understanding. Yeah. I just I've just learned the book systems mere <laughs> minutes ago. Um, but I, they love us playing four hundred. They love us playing vice versa. Uh, what else do they love? Uh, we play um, temptations. Like oh, so that's actually under spirit under book one. That's become a spirit song actually. Papa was wrong. Yeah, that's actually. That actually was, uh, that's a book one song. That's one of our spirit songs. They said they, that, that was, you, you, of the people I asked, they, that, that was, they said that was their favorite. Um, yeah, the, the whole crowd gets into that. that but that's a, that's a Morehouse tradition. That's not one I brought. Um, that one's been here for a long time, let's just say that. Long time. Could you speak on other Morehouse marching band traditions? So we have, um, like I said, you know, coming into 400 or vice versa, they, they really love doing it when the band comes in. Uh, we also have um, something called Dr. Funk that we play that really gets the crowd hype. Um, we got a couple of new things that I won't say right now, but we got a couple of new traditions that we're going to um, uh, drop this year. You heard it first right here on High 97. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what else we have? Oh, we have a thing called Plume Time, where the whole crowd really gets into that. That's a fourth quarter special. Um, so those are just a, a few things that the crowd really likes. Could you um, elaborate on the rivalry or maybe the, yeah, I guess the rivalry between the House of Funk and the Showtime band, or if there is a rivalry to you? Uh, absolutely. Well, um, not to get loquacious, but... Morehouse and Howard have a long respect for each other. So Morehouse's first black president was a Howard alumnus, whereas Howard's first black president was a Morehouse alumnus, John uh, John Hope Franklin, I believe was his name. So... That's just automatic respect because our institutions, our, our first black presidents came from each other. So that within itself, when we say Howard here, that's what we reflect on. Now, as regards to the marching band, um, Kelvin Washington is a fabulous band director. And I've actually known him for, wow, has it been that long? 30, is it 31 years? 21 years. I've known it says 91, whatever that math is. Um, wow, dang it. <laughs> so, so I've known him for a long time because I was a student in Detroit Public Schools and he was a teacher there. And I remember when he got his first college job. And then I remember when he got his second one, which is now at Howard University. So when I got the job here at Morehouse, 
Um, as I teach continuously at Morehouse, he's actually, believe it or not, he's actually my mentor. So a lot of things that I do is because of my relationship with Kelvin Washington. So as far as a rivalry, yes, you know, we all, we both want to be on top, but there is a healthy respect that I have for Howard because of, of Kelvin Washington. So I don't necessarily look at this per se as a battle, um, but it's kind of a, it's like a respect because he's been very influential, especially in my college teaching life. So, and I don't know if you've ever, who your mentor was getting into radio or communications, but I know if you ever had a chance to interview him or if they went to a rival station, network, whatever, you kind of like, that's my rival, but that's my mentor, excuse me, that's my mentor, but we gonna get higher ratings. <laughs> so, um, so rivalries is kind of a weird thing for me, but it's like, I am excited to go against my mentor. So how, how do you think your students would feel about it? Because they don't have that same mentor relationship. Um, I think from what I've gathered from my students, um, they have a healthy respect for Howard too because of both schools having you know, high academic standards. Um, because what they have done historically, both colleges have done for HBCUs, um, the type of alumni that have uh, graduated from both schools. Um, because a lot of the students do know the history of, of our presidents, it's, it's, it's definitely a respectful thing. There's definitely a mutual, I think there's an equal mutual respect because of the two institutions. Got you. Um, pivoting more towards general um, marching band stuff. Um, does you, do your specific lines have names and and stuff like that? That how it's broken up? Because I know I what I, I'm learning about marching band and doing this project. <laughs> and when I was at Howard, they have like the ooh la la band, the the ooh la la dancers, and then there's the band, and then there's a couple other groups underneath it. How is how yeah, is your so, band structure? So our drum line is called. You know, uh, funk Squad. So I'm Cedric Winston Jr. I'm a senior political science major at Morehouse. Uh, in the band, I'm the percussion session leader on the drum line. And I play bass drum. Um, I feel required to ask this question, and believe me, I don't. I don't want to ask it. But a lot of people I've talked to about this series have brought up Drumline. Okay. The movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, uh... Did drumline play any role in your life or uh, influence your interest in uh, being in the drumline? And be honest. Don't don't just say yes because I'm asking you. I mean, of course I've watched it, but not necessarily. I grew up in uh, northeast Louisiana. That's in the SWAC. So I grew up around schools like Grambling State, Jackson State, Southern, uh, Texas Southern. So I grew up in the actual climate, the actual culture culture of all those bands. So that's more so what influenced me wanting to be on the drum line, not the movie. But I did I did watch it, yes. No, it makes sense. And um how much did being from that area frame your influence um frame your interest in being in a drumline and be being in uh an HBCU environment? It pretty much a hundred percent framed it. Uh the culture of those bands is so serious, they're so tight 
the uh, intricate uh, parts that they play, um, how disciplined they are, professional, and just the performance that they put on. Uh, when I saw, seeing it as a little kid um, made me want to do that. And now that's I'm doing a different style with my, with our drumline, but uh, that was my foundation. How much? Um of your, how much input do you have on what the drum, uh, on what the drumline does as a captain? So, as far as the drumline is, it's pretty much my section. Um, I came in as a freshman. I pretty much didn't have any say. I had to earn it. Uh, I earned it, and then I became an old head. Then I exhibited leadership uh, capability, and eventually I was, uh, I was named section leader. So it's pretty much my session. Um, I talked with Dr. Hughes which is band director about some things that may require approval, but as far as my suggestions, they're pretty much what's going to happen. And um, what would that influence? Is that the the style and the way in which you play? And what like just explain that to in a, in a an audience that may not know much about drumline. Right. So pretty much just think of it like a drum set. Um, you you got the drummer. He has his cymbals and he had his bass drum. Uh, and he has a snare, and uh, he has toms too, and he plays all those at the same time and uh, different rhythms. But it's just it, the drum line, our drum line specifically, is just like one big drum set being played by one person. So my job is to make sure that all of that comes together and it sounds like one person is playing all of those instruments at the same time. That's a great way to put it. I'd never even considered it. Um, so beyond that, you'd mentioned discipline. What is the importance of discipline in the marching band? So the marching band, of course, some some things stem from the military. Um, disciplined, as far as being on time to places, because we're all we're always um, getting called on the spot, and uh, we have to have that discipline to ensure that we're not we don't get any surprises. Everybody is on their toes, uh, crossing their t's, dotting their eyes, you know. So. Mm, but this point, as far as the drum line, is, is a little different because the drum line starts playing when the band starts moving and we're the last ones to stop playing. The, um, also in the stands, we play, we play more than the band does. We're playing the whole game, and they'll tell us to stop so the band can play. Of course, we play with the band too, but we just got to be that much more disciplined because we work at a different level than the band does to go that extra mile to hold the band down. How has that discipline crossed over to your professional life and to your personal life? Well, uh, I'm also in the military. I'm in Army RTC, so it was pretty much already embedded over me in me over the last few years. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. Working both in Army RTC and marching band, there are similarities across both, where I have to both manage my time, uh, know how to manage others, and motivate them to accomplish a goal. That takes discipline. Discipline of the mind, discipline of the body, and uh, j- first of all, take care of myself so I can take care of others. So just a bit of discipline all around. What is more fun to play on the drum line? Book one, two, or three? <laughs> Book one, two, or three. Uh, so I would say probably around book three. Book one and two are more of the fundamentals. This is the this is the style of the school. This is tradition. But book three gets into more of the fun stuff where you can kind of explore different areas, 
each new year is kind of something different. So I would I'd definitely say book three. Those are the newer styles of music, and we also get to pick some of those uh, selections as well. Our dance team is called uh, Mahogany Emotion. I'm Olivia Musoke, a senior economics major from Oakland, California, and I serve as the head captain of Mahogany Emotion dance team. I served as a manager my first year, and then I danced three years, so essentially four years, yeah. What was the process to becoming a captain of the uh, dance line, the dance team for the marching band? So after serving your rookie season and getting put through the ringer in that way, um, you basically just demonstrate through your participation on the team, your leadership skills, and your affinity for leading. And then you go through essentially a second audition process to become a captain. What do you see the role of not just the uh, dance line, but as of the marching band at an HBCU, specifically at Morehouse? Um, we definitely serve kind of as like the heartbeat of the school. Um, at a lot of schools, you know, the marching band is specifically for HBCUs as important as the athletic programs. Um, so just as much as people are coming to the game to see the football players, you know, defeat the other team, they're also coming to see us and like hype them up and, and offer our own performances on the side. Um, so we definitely serve to, to help everybody stay hype and bring together the fans and the team. Um, being from California, what made you want to move across the country to attend Morehouse? And is there something special about attending an HBCU to you? Um, my decision to attend Spelman came from a mentor that I had in high school. Um, she brought Kalei Woods, who is also an alum of this program, um, brought Dance Line to the Bay Area. So we, there's not really marching bands or anything. This culture is totally not on the West Coast for real. Um, so she brought that over and with the hype of people learning about this culture kind of all over, um, I was really drawn to that. So I tried that style out and she introduced me to a lot of Spelman students, a lot of Morehouse students and brought us to homecoming a few years um, so we could perform in the homecoming parade. And I just kind of fell in love with the energy of that. And I'm big on like order and traditions and that's really the basis of the marching band culture. Um, so I definitely wanted to get near that and be in an HBCU environment. And what better place than one of the top HBCUs, Spelman being number one and Morehouse just being so notably known. Um, so you attend Spelman, but you're on the Morehouse team. Yes, so Mahogany in Motion is um, a team curated of Spelman students, but performing for the Morehouse band. Could you explain kind of the relationship for, of Spelman to uh, Morehouse and the greater, uh, what's it called, the Atlanta... University Center, yeah. yeah. So Spelman and Morehouse, though we're not officially sister and brother schools, um, we're across the street from one another, so we serve to be that for one another. Um, like a lot of um, single gender like high schools, there's always that other school that you know they kind of join together with to you know bridge the gap of what they're missing at their institution. So that's kind of what we do here. Um, a lot of stuff that we do is in tandem. Um, we have a brother-sister exchange that happens where Spelman students get a Morehouse sibling. 
um, just to kind of bridge a bond between them. And we do the same thing with Clark Atlanta as well. So the three schools are definitely very close. And now we've got Morris Brown back to join um, and then the surrounding institutions in the Atlanta University Center. Is there anything similar to the dance line where where it's just Spellman comes over and they just insert and they're a part of it? Um, that's essentially what it is. Um, though we're a Morehouse organization, um, there's there's still, I mean, you need the Spellman students. So it's both campuses are open to one another. So there's a lot of, we have a lot of clubs and organizations that are like that as well where you can have an org at Spelman that Morehouse students can join, and same with Clark, um, and you can have an org at Morehouse that Spelman students can join. So it's kind of like we know that this is our little like home on the other campus. No, that makes sense. Uh, I just wanted some more explanation for the listeners at home because I think it's really interesting how that there's like a an official, non-official partnership kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, our flag... Uh, team, our flag core is called um, Maroon Mystique. Uh, our trumpet section is called T Funk. So we definitely have um, kind of names for um, um, for the section, and um, it's it's a been it's been a tradition that's been here for quite a while. Um, some names have changed. Um, throughout uh, our band's history. However, um, at the end of the day, it's all Hustle Funk Marching Band. Um, what is a drum major, and what is their role within a band? So the drum major's role is defined kind of somewhat differently um, per school, but at the end of the day, they're usually the person that's out in front leading the band visually. Um... They, they're the person that generally, especially for parades and singles, um, the cutoffs, uh, the roll-offs for performances, and gives the instruction during parades. Um, at HBCUs, they generally do a lot more um, directing, especially during the stance. Um, so that's a very important that that person is very um, musical aware almost like a quarterback per se and what goes into selecting a drum major and yeah what goes into selecting a drum major so what we do the, uh, the person must be athletically fit um, but the person also must be uh, musically sound so um, because if you don't like a quarterback if you don't know the plays you can't conduct you can't be quarterback so if you don't necessarily understand musically what the instruments need to be doing then um, you cannot be drum major so in our process um, they have to know uh, orchestration the range of the instruments um, be able to read the score uh, be able to tune the band be able to hear when it's out of tune um, and also understand um, Morehouse band history also. So that's very important. Uh, last few questions. What is the hardest part about getting the Morehouse band together and ready to perform? <laughs> well, I would say 
the hardest part. That's a great question. I've never been asked that before. This might not be the answer you're expecting, but one of the hardest things is keeping everything fresh. Yes. Because there's some things that are going to be the same, but there are going to be some things that are going to be different. Picture basketball. I don't know if you have a favorite basketball team. But pretty much, you're either going to dunk, lay up, or shoot. That's basketball in a nutshell. However, what keeps it exciting is the possibility of winning and winning a championship, even though those are pretty much the same moves. So in band, it's keeping the drill fresh, but still playing, at the same time playing classical music in the sense of R&B and hip-hop, but also doing other new things and trying to be innovative at, at the same time. And that's one of the hardest things um, I, I, that, I was, that I would say in my profession. Now, in addition to that, it's still hard, you know, maneuvering 85 people to try to get this, to get everything congealed um, to what we want, to make sure everyone has their music memorized, that they have their drills memorized, that they have the dance step memorized. That's still hard, too. But to keep that freshness to that, to keep the the momentum going to make sure that the band is having fun, um, to make sure um, that we're still being entertaining, but still have a musical product for my music majors to also benefit from too. Make sure that they get the pedagogical skills so when they leave here, they can be successful. So that's what I, in addition to the first part, that's what I can find difficult. My guess was going to be the marching. Uh, just, just the, just getting people to move. I, I, I just think that I watch it and I go, I don't know how they did that. Well, <laughs> but so, but you, that, you kind of did say that. A, that's an interesting point too. Um, the marching actually, or let's say this: for the, I have about thirty-five percent of the band, arguably, doesn't. Well, actually, probably lower than that. Twenty-five percent of the band that actually had marching experience. So with that other 75%, that you would think that would be difficult, but most of them kind of figure out the marching. So it's not the marching that, that's the most difficult, it's the marching and playing and memorizing the music. So that is a difficult, but while that might be the difficult part for the individual, for me as the as the teacher, as the director, as the professor, it's that part, but still trying to encourage them to get the, the encouragement to get through the difficulty of doing this for the first time. It's very, it's very hard. So I can imagine, I never had a football lesson before, but trying to teach the kid how to catch, but then teach them how to catch while getting hit. It's a whole nother situation. Then trying to teach them how to do the whiff pads. Then trying to get them to do that with plays. So you have this myriad of things, but it's amazing what the human brain can do if taught correctly. So, but I have to consider that on top of the music, <laughs> on top of organizing and say, hey, 
we're getting ready to go to New York, New Jersey. So we got to have this, 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 and this, this ready too. So um, that's difficult also. All right. And wrapping up here, is there anything else you think people should know about the Morehouse House of Funk? Well, if you're ever in Atlanta, <laughs> definitely come check us out here at uh, 8.30 Westview Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30314. Um, we have two great games coming up before, and we play uh, West Alabama and West Georgia here. And we're going to have a great uh, season. Check us out on Instagram at Morehouse Band, and we're going to have fun. No, I appreciate you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. That concludes this week's episode of Captains and Majors. Thank you, Morehouse College, Dr. Chad Hughes, and thank you for listening. Our producer, Jason Peters, I'm Fred Bugs, looking forward to talking to you next time on Captains and Majors. Hey, it's Jason Peters, the producer of Captains and Majors. I'm sitting here with the CEO and founder of OroCash, Silton Kali Moore. How are you doing? I am great. I'd like to thank you all for bringing us on today. This is a great opportunity. So I just wanted to ask people at the beginning of this episode, they heard the ad for OroCash. What exactly is OroCash? OroCash is basically the cash app for black people but it does so much more if you ever been in a situation where you're using your cash app and you're trying to send someone who's overseas when they get back from wherever they went that's when they'll get the money if you use oro cash someone can be in the caribbean in latin america south america africa and you can send them money account to account directly and it's easy Okay, um, why should people sign up for Oro Cash? The word Oro means gold in Spanish, and in Yoruba it means wealth. So this is one of the few times in history where black and brown people have the opportunity, they have the knowledge, insight, experience, and the technical ability to recreate your own future from scratch. Oro Cash is banking for you, by you. We have some of the most skilled people in the industry of finance, law, technology, having experience with money and what money means to people's financial sovereignty. We're different because we're built for you. We're different because we're built by you. Use Oro Cash, check it out. And in the coming months, you'll see we'll give you even more of what you always desire from your banking app. Well, I just wanted to say thank you for sponsoring Captains and Majors and for choosing to work with Hot 97. Shout out to Oro Cash. And, and thank you so much. Made hot by Oro Cash.